Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. You're about to listen to a Women in Tech Remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, my name is Megan Loist. I'm an investor at Lyra Hippo, where we're the most active early stage investors in New York. And also, I'm the founder of Gen Z VCs, which is the largest and fastest growing community for young people in tech and VC with 11,000 plus members in our global community. I'm based here in New York City. I can't say there's a dedicated process <laughs> by any means. What drives me is the mission. Like, I know for the summit, like, you're empowering people, you're creating, like, you're helping people, you're giving back. And that's enough for me. Like, I think that's, that's the biggest thing is like, you see the immediate impact. And I mean, like it was great on summit day, we basically took over Twitter. Like you couldn't go anywhere without seeing Gen Z VCs because we had like tons of content creators that were like just creating content around like the different sessions. And one of my favorites, they, they did a hashtag Megan and Harry. Uh, cause I like, I was the one that was moderating the keynote with Harry Stebbing. So like, there was just like, there was just like great organic content and like love that we were getting everywhere. And so I guess like, again, it's, it just comes back to Gen Z VCs is more than a community. It's truly like a mission and an ethos to empower other people. Does that mean a lot of like late nights and sleepless nights and crazy weekends to like make things happen? Yes, but I'm happy to do it. Uh, because again, it's like, it, it fuels me. It makes me like, it's, that's what energizes me. And also it helps me be that much better at my job too. Like being a community leader having this like insight into like the Gen Z consumer and Gen Z worker and like this generation, I can be exponentially more helpful to the founders I'm working with at Lear Hippo and the founders I meet because of my network, because of the way I'm able to empower students to get involved with startups. Like there's all the different initiatives each have a mission that like comes back to either like empowerment or building relationships or, you know, one of those different types of things. Um, and so it's just like, there's just things that have to be done. And so I do them. <laughs> if you guys haven't heard Harry Stebbings podcast, we actually started podcasting around the same time. I'm such a huge fan. It's the 20 Minute VC podcast. So definitely we'll include it in the show notes as well. Be sure to check that out. And so, okay, I love that Megan and Harry on Twitter. That's so, I didn't catch that on Twitter. That's so cool. So all this amazing press that you've been featured on, I mean, just like so few people in the world even have that experience. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but if it was me, I would be so intimidated. So like, did you feel like, whoa, did you feel like, oh, I got this? Like, how do you set yourself up for success on that kind of opportunity? Like everything over the past year, like I never set out to be a community leader. I never set out to be like someone who's in the press. It just happens and you learn and you iterate along the way. 
Like even from my first, like when I was on Fox business earlier this year to my last appearance on Bloomberg, like I almost like, I kind of see some improvement there. Like, I think it's just like you learn by doing, and that's kind of how I've done everything in my life. Most of the appearances that I've done and uh, opportunities in the press have all just been reporters DMing me on Twitter because, well, I'm the founder of Gen Z VCs, of course. So like I, uh, but I'm also like the marketing engine for Gen Z VCs. Like people find out about our initiatives and things that we're doing from my Twitter. On the preparation side, it's easy to talk about things that you love and things that you're passionate about. And for me, Gen Z VCs is like, it's about how do you help the next generation of leaders grow and learn and collaborate and work together. And it's like, how can you not be excited or to talk about that? And also like, there's no surprise questions because I am like, I am Gen Z. Like I know how to think about it from my own perspective. I have two sisters. I have tons of friends who are also Gen Z and, and also, you know, like people that help behind the scenes to like, like our, our marketing manager at Lear Hippo is great. Like for the Bloomberg interview, you know, like we ran through some questions beforehand to make sure that I felt good. And I'm still new at all of this. Like I, I, I'm, I'm 24. So it, I, I never really even, like, I never even pictured this for myself in, in a lot of ways, but it's all happened so quickly and in a really meaningful way. So I want to make sure, you know, when I am representing like my generation and doing things like this, that like, I know there are a lot of students that are watching and a lot of like young women who are like, oh my gosh, like she did it and now I can do it too. So I want to make sure I'm like really crisp and representing all the ladies in the best way that I can. Hi everyone, Becky Flint here from founder CEO of Dragon Boat, a purpose-built outcome-focused product portfolio tool for outcome-focused product leaders and product organizations. I am from the San Francisco Bay Area. I think it has a tremendous impact for me uh, in terms of uh, in the tech industry because I didn't come from well, I came to U.S. for school. So that's like, if I wouldn't come here for an MBA, I wouldn't even be here. I would be, mm. in, you know, in different countries. So that itself definitely is pivotal in terms of my journey. And the second part is when I went from MBA to tech, it gave me a different perspective than the people purely in tech, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm more than just writing the code. I didn't know how to write code, but I can translate the concept, the business, how user could use it, how that makes sense to the user and translate it into the code. And then I learned code. It's a much, I mean, it's not easier. I'm not saying I'm a, a hardcore coder and engineers. I can do enough things to make it work, especially using the tooling. And then when I go back to sort of the, the business and product, and I can also have the empathy and understanding what it takes to build product and engineering and testing. So I can like very naturally connect these two things together. So I think having a sense of business concept, the PLs, the positioning, the messaging, all that stuff are tremendously helpful, especially today. Everyone needs a customer empathy. Everyone needs to order oh regardless of who you are, right? Most annoying thing to me about the pandemic, how was it every every single company was like, oh, now we have to care about our company, our customers. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, as though this is a new novel idea, you should have been doing this before any pandemic. Why is this now the marketing angle to care about your customers? It's yes, customer yeah. empathy to the max. I think, yeah, in some ways, that's really the uh, 
more of the level of competition. And, you know, in some ways, the pandemic really accelerate a lot of things into the digital, yeah. which also means the digital make information a lot more available and accessible to everyone. That means the competition is much, much stronger in every aspect. Yeah. I think about it that, you know, in the past, you just think about hiring, right? I'm in the Bay Area. I'm working with all the Silicon Valley companies and stuff. There used to be a locational advantage of right. being in the Bay Area in terms of starting a company, having your network, having people. Today, that is like dissipating very, very quickly, right? You can have connections anywhere. You can talk to anyone on the Zoom, like we're talking right now. And it's like, it's just not possible. So the access to people, access to network, access to capital, access to everything, mm-hmm. it's just so like make it readily available to everyone. So other things you would have to stand in to differentiate and stand out. This is Erin Staples, and I am a community advocate at Orbit. Orbit is kind of like mission control for your community, so it's a good place for you to see the activities, the habits, all of that thing, that second brain for community builders to actually take actionable insights on things. I'm based in Brooklyn, New York. Okay, so first off, I think the best business advice, actually, like I've told this anecdote a couple of times in the community building world, and I had a boss like very early on when I was working at a nonprofit, and she wouldn't let me say like, you'd come in the door and she'd be like, are you having a good day? And she, and you know, that thing where you're like, how are you doing? And you just like default say good. She wouldn't let me get away with that. And she didn't let anybody get away with that. She was like, no, tell me more. Like, are you good because of X or like, why are you not good? Like, tell me why you're sad and you're mad. And she'd made you push past that. And like, she would do it. And it's not like it was one way. Like she would do it too. She'd be like, oh, I slept horribly. Like my day was crap, like blah, blah, blah. Or, Hey, this happened. I'm having a great day. And I think the best advice is like, how do you channel that in your own relationships? Mm. And like that can set the tone for like much deeper relationships in business and friendships and life. And I think out of all the business advice, like that's really stuck with me. So be real and be better than saying good. So yeah. And your mom, your mom's advice. My mom's kind of a spitfire. So my mom is a better, my mom was like a two sport D1 athlete. Like she's very intense. I get my best and my worst traits from her. Love you, mom. <laughs> I would probably say she was very much like, are you going to spend your time complaining about it? Or are you going to do something about it? Because mm. if you're here to complain, I don't really want to hear it. 100%. And that was like, she was very much like, you can have your 10 minutes event. And like, I will give you that, but you get 10 minutes and then you're done. Like you got to move on. I think it's important because I think we hold on to things too much. And then we allow those things to define us or we blame those things instead of just creating the life that we want and the thoughts that we want and the future that we want. So I I think that that's spot on. Ready for the last, the last like quick fire, your favorite book. Oh, um, favorite book, Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. Tell us what, what it's about. It's like the, it's like the dear sugar letters. And this is kind of sappy. Wow. I said that. And then I'm like, wow, really sappy, Erin. Um, <laughs> it's like, the, it's the book of like when people would write in and they'd be like, dear sugar, I don't really know what this means. Blah, blah, blah. Like I'm stuck in life. I feel alone. I feel, I, I just had this traumatic thing happen to me. And she just answers very candidly and raw. And it's a good, like, I'm going to cry slash give you a hug slash make you feel motivated. It's very just like, it's like, you know, help letters in a freaking book. Cause that's what it was. It was just a published column that she published into a book, which is great. 
With everybody listening, there's so many people around the world listening. If there was one thing that we could do to support and accelerate your success, what would that one ask be? And it can't be save the world. It has to be something selfishly for you. Selfishly for me. Oh, that's a hard one. Ah! I think it's just like, I would actually probably put be reach out. Like I love meeting new people. I love meeting people on different parts of their journey. And I get very inspired and motivated and energized by people who are just passionate. I don't, it doesn't need to be about anything that I'm working on or doing, but like reach out, share with me what you're interested in and share with me what you're working on, share with me what you're excited about. And like, if there's any way that I can help, I want to know, but also just like, let's just come together and have some fun. And if you're, I guess if you're interested in doing hundred days of Twitter space, come cheer us on for that because I will need help on like keeping that going and keeping that going. So come have conversations with us on Twitter spaces. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.